Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. This morning, get ready to hear one of the most distinctive ethereal voices in the world. That's Valerie June, West Tennessee native, who's recombined the elements of the entire history of American music into something utterly new and irresistible. Last year, she released the album The Moon and the Stars and a book of poetry, Maps for the Modern World. This year, she's releasing a children's book, Somebody to Love. She joins us with her banjo Layla this morning after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Thanks for joining us. Despite its otherworldly magic, Valerie June's music feels so rooted, rooted somewhere. Sure, it has elements of her home in a small town between Nashville and Memphis, but it's also rooted in some of the deep old weirdness of all the rural music of this country and in that even older, weirder human desire to understand our consciousness, our purpose, our place in the universe. What makes it all work is how lightly she carries all this in her voice, the way it all feels effortless, or at least possible, to consider the mysteries of existence, even at this late date in our modern world. We're so grateful for all your output, the music, the book of poetry, and this new children's book, Somebody to Love. Thank you so much for joining us, Valerie June. Thank you for having me. I'm so (laughs) excited to talk with you today. We're giddy, I have to say it, Uh, in part because I hear you're going to start us off with a song. I am. It is definitely one of my favorites, and I wanted to play something familiar to you all listening as a start. You ready? I'm ready. Well, if you ever change your mind about
Oh, that was so fun. That was Valerie June covering Bring It On Home, the Sam Cooke song. Um, What is it you love about that song? Well, Sam's voice was butter, of course. And I know that my voice is weird and idiosyncratic and awkward, but I love that. I love mixing something that is from time that is just so pure and beautiful with something that's a little bit rugged and and scratchy. Mm. So when you write your own music, do you hear little snippets of other music that you've heard in your life? Or is it something that you feel like is just uh, arriving to you from the from the ether? Well, it just depends on the song. Sometimes I can be thrown back in time to the church pews in West Tennessee where every voice was command it to sing and lift your voice up to God and we all sang together but there was no choir and there were no instruments mm. and so I can be thrown back to that time when I open the songbook and there's a thousand songs to choose from and the song leader would tell us which one and so I had all of those melodies in my head for every Sunday morning every Sunday night every Wednesday night times 18 years and I think that those melodies just kind of like stick with me and as I go throughout my life they come into my own songs too you know yeah I mean talking about that mixing of influences though were there things that you had to sneak past your family like were there was there music that you were listening to you know in your in your headphones on your CD player yes absolutely <laughs> I had to sneak all the Kind of Woodstockier musicians that I love to listen to, from Hendrix to Joplin and even Bob Marley, past my family because they were like, "What's up? Are you on drugs?" And I was like, "Absolutely not. I just love this music. I think it's beautiful." And um, and so that whole time period, and even when I started getting in Pink Floyd and people like that, they were like, "What is going on? Can't you just listen to some basic soul or what's going on? <laughs> what's on the radio?" <laughs> well, so your parents weren't. They weren't like Southern hippies who uh, who were there. Ah, not at all. You can leave that up to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you are thinking about your career, you know, some a lot of time you talk about you know the, those early days, you know, your your childhood. But what about the time you know, kind of after you leave the house, before you really have your kind of big breakthrough? Uh, in the 2010s. What what were you doing then, and how did your sound develop? Well, that was kind of a very interesting time in my life. It wasn't exactly the brightest time. It was about a decade of many different types of jobs. I cleaned houses. I cooked um, healthy vegetarian meals for some of the families that I worked for. I worked at two shop, coffee shops in a, one day. You know, I did all of this stuff within a day, and And then I played music at night, and I had a lovely job that I would always take back working at this place called Maggie's Farm in Memphis, Tennessee. And it's named after the Bob Dylan song, and they sold herbs and teas and oils and all kinds of natural healing stuff. So I was working, but I was also like spending 10 minutes a day learning how to play instruments and teaching myself between jobs how to play the instruments so I could accompany my voice. And so you just grew up just singing because the your family the family church is a kind of approach. It, not like you were born with a guitar in your hand. Instead, it was just singing to the family. 
Exactly. And I have two brothers and two sisters, and we all were raised, all five of us kids, singing around the house. It carried on from the church service. It would be, happen in the van on the way back home, and then it would happen when we were washing dishes, when we were folding clothes, on the way to Grand's house, on the way to school in the morning, and back in the evening. And we just sang all the time. Yeah, I heard you once describe it as being like the sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was like our own little version of the Jackson 5. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I, so am I right that you really broke out at South by Southwest in, was it in 2017? Wow, that was no, no, it was a long time before that. Uh, not too long, but 2013. 2013. And, yeah, yeah. um... It was when I got signed to my first label over in Europe, and like a lot of African-American musicians, Europe was the first to embrace my music Hmm. and to believe in it. And once that happened, then the States followed, and I got signed to a label over here. And so that was 2013 and 2012 time period, and a little bit before that was when I did a Kickstarter and met Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys, and he was willing to produce some songs for that record, Pushing Against the Stone. And he just helped my career so much in just working with him and co-writing. We co-wrote songs at um, John Prine's studio in Nashville, and I didn't even know John Prine at that time. I knew his music, but not him. So I got to meet him years later. That was just, it's funny how time is. Yeah. You know, years later, I finally meet this person that we wrote all these cool songs in his studio. (laughs) So cool. Um, I want to play the first song of yours uh, that I think I heard. Uh, It was uh, Astral Plane. So let's just listen into a little bit of this. Is there a light you have inside you can't touch? A looking glass can only show you so much. Follow the signs, slowly but steady. Don't rush. The day will come when you're ready. Just trust. Dancing on the astral plane, holy water cleansing rain, floating through the stratosphere. Remind me, you see so clear. Is there a way for you to shine out fear from other worlds? But you can't say what keeps you. Dancing on the astral plane, all the water cleans and rain, floating through the stratosphere. Blind me, yeah, you see so clear. Dancing on the astral plane, all the water cleans and rain, floating through the stratosphere. We're talking with musician, songwriter, and author Valerie June. She's got a new children's book. Somebody to Love. Her most recent album is Moon and the Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers. And we're listening to her song, Astral Plane. Stay tuned for more.
But is there a way for you to give it your all? Dreaming a dream, a sweeter thing is great or small. Dancing on the Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal, and I'm having a great time this morning because we have on the musician, songwriter, and author Valerie June. She's got a new children's book, Somebody to Love. Her most recent album is Moon and the Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers, and her book of poetry published last year, and also beautiful little drawings, is Maps for the Modern World. If you'd like to talk to Valerie June or tell us your favorite song of hers, you can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're KQED Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. Valerie June, so you've got this children's book. Can you just tell us what it's about a little bit? Well, this children's book, Somebody to Love, is the story of what I call my sweet little baby banjolele. <laughs> and the reason I call it that is because banjoleles are tiny instruments. When you think about the size of a banjo, a real banjo, like the five string or the four string or even the six string banjos, they're bigger than the baby ban- ukulele banjos. And so my friend gave me a banjolele years ago for my birthday and I thought it was a toy and I um <laughs> I went to go to play it one day and an amazing song came out and the song was called Somebody to Love and so the song is written in the book but it also tells the story of bravery of courage of doubts and challenges that people faced and the banjolele personified faced in trying to follow a dream and how important imagination and dreams are in our world and in our lives every 
everything we see, this man-made that we experience was somebody's dream. Somebody dreamed of this microphone I'm speaking into right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Possibly right here in Silicon Valley, actually. You never know. Um, yeah. um, the, wait, so the, the banjo-lele, it's actually, you've got it there with you, Yeah. I do. I'm holding it right now, just like I was on the illustration on the cover of the book, holding it like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> and like when you strum it, like how is it different? Like the sound of it, people heard it a little bit at the top of the show, but how is it different from either the banjo or the ukulele? Well, when we think about the ukulele, the banjo lele is louder because it has a head that's like a drum and it resonates a lot more than a basic ukulele does and so that's the difference in the way of the ukulele in the way of the banjo it's not as tinny and twangy as the banjo it's a little bit of more um warm and low in soul but also bright mm. so it's very different than either of those sounds do you also like it because it's it's a little weird, right? It's like a little <laughs> off the beaten path as an instrument. I love that about it. And, you know, my friend who gave it to me, she said, you're always carrying all these heavy instruments and you're a tiny woman. You can't be doing that. Your back's going to be hurting by the time you get old. <laughs> so that's why she wanted me to have it. But that didn't stop me from breaking around the banjo and the electric guitar and the acoustic guitar. I have to have a team to help me get around. Yeah, I was about to say, now you got people <laughs> to do that for you, though. So yeah. that's right. Um, so why don't you play us Somebody to Love on the banjo there and we'll talk about why you wrote a children's book after that all right here we go well if you're tired and you're feeling so lonely you wake up at night thinking that only if you had somebody Somebody to love Did they tell you there were plenty of fish in the sea But you're out in the cold and you're feeling empty Oh, you're looking for somebody Well, I'll be somebody You're somebody to Somebody When you're tired I'll be 
That was musician, songwriter, and author Valerie June playing Somebody to Love on her banjo lele. That is the same title as her new children's book, Somebody to Love. And that song's actually included, like the sheet music for it is in that children's book. Um, thank you for that performance. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Um, the sheet music was transcribed by the keyboard player, Dave Sherman, that I go on the road with, who's been playing the song in the band for the last six years, it seems like. And it's just so great to have worked with him and Marcella Avalar as the illustrator and Third Man Books and just be in a whole new world with artists and musicians, you know? Yeah, it was. It's a it's a really fun book, and the the illustrations are really unusual too. This isn't your like kind of everyday children's book. Why did you want to do this? I mean, as I know, you put out the poetry book, so you've kind of been edging into the publishing world. Uh, why children's book? Well, I was working in the schools around America with Turnaround Arts, which is the program Michelle Obama started when she was in the White House, to take art to all schools who don't have it throughout our nation. And so anything from actors to musicians to dancers would make time to go visit these schools that aren't fortunate enough to have art programs. And we would share our craft with the students. And my students were generally very young. And so I told them about my banjalele, I'd play them the song and I'd tell them the story of the banjalele and how it came to life. And one day, Kathy, who was the um, president of Turnaround Arts at the time, she said, you need to turn that into a kid's book. And I was like, you know what? I have been dreaming of that for a long time. But it took me about three or four years to write it because I was on the road traveling all over the world. And I gave it to Marcella Avalar and she um, did the illustrations and sent them back to me I guess maybe a year or two later and when I saw them I was blown away all this to say it takes time when you have a little mini dream (laughs) yeah that's true that's true I mean I assume that maybe the pandemic might have actually helped because it kind of got stuck couldn't travel and maybe this was the perfect time to to do that kind of work you know, that is so great that you said it. You you just figured out all out the whole puzzle because during the pandemic, I think that's when Marcella um, had the most time away from her regular job, which was being an artist and creating graphics for different things. And she did, I mean, she had that time those years and she just put her whole heart and soul into the book and I love it because it's when I got it back the illustrations the colors are so vivid and if you follow me on any of my socials you know I love color <laughs> so. <laughs> so you know the the pandemic also you know affected the release of your most recent album too right moon and the stars prescription for for dreamers and it was you were basically done with it done with the whole album and then the pandemic hit and you had to sort of delay the release right Yes, I had to delay it by a year, and then I had to delay touring with it by another year. Mm. So, I mean, the pandemic was very hard for many musicians and artists in so many ways, but I feel like the material needed to come out when it needed to win that in March of 2021, because we were just starting to see the other side of the pandemic, and the sun was starting to shine just a little. And um, we needed some encouragement and light and joy. And Moon and Stars is definitely in that stratospheric space of taking you out of the realm of uh, heaviness and darkness 
and into a realm of what could be possible. Mm. Is there possible positive things? Are there possible things, changes, and beautiful things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that in it. Let's let's listen to one of the songs from this. Um, this is "Call Me a Fool." This is the full you know studio uh, album here. It's uh, Valerie June's "Call Me a Fool" featuring the legendary Carla Thomas. Only a fool tests the depth of the water with both feet. Call me a fool. That is Valerie June's Call Me a Fool. And you could hear that optimism there. I'll be a fool anytime, anytime for loving you. Um, I love that part of it. And I love when you reach for that in your voice, too. I think uh, music critic Wesley Morris calls that scraping the pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to use that line. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of old soul music. And uh, in preparation for this show, I was listening to like Coco Taylor and Big Mama Thornton. And you actually scraped the pan differently, though, from the way a lot of those old blues women did, I think. I think what I do is I take a cast iron skillet after a nice chicken or some kind of yummy meal has been made in there, and I take some bread and I sop every last bit of the juice out of the pan. <laughs> I just go with the bread and I just like that's soak right. it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that song is so good. You got to tell us a little bit about Carla Thomas. So Carla Thomas, you know, uh, sang with... Otis Redding, she was on Stax Records, legendary um, record label out of Memphis. You had to go like track her down though, right? Because she's she's really stopped performing. Yes, Carla, she performs every once in a while in Memphis. Like, for example, Booker T. Jones, who I've worked with as well, had a performance in Memphis that same time period that I was looking for her. And she sang some songs with him at his performance. But she really just um, lives life and enjoys every day. And so I got in touch with the local studio owner, Boo Mitchell, and his father was uh, Willie Mitchell, and the studio's called Royal. And why this is important is 
Forbes because he recorded all the things like Al Green and Ann mm. Peebles and Isaac Hayes. So the history is so rich. So if you want to get in touch with somebody that's from the time period in Memphis of around then, you want to call Boo. So I called him and I said, look, how do I get in touch with Carla Thomas? He was like, here, I'll get, in, get put you in touch with her sister, Vanice Thomas, and she'll take it from there. And Vanice introduced us and I went in to the studio at Royal with uh, Carla and I tell you, it was a day. <laughs> she told me stories about times when she um, sang with Otis. She told me stories about times when Dr. King was in Memphis. She sang songs with so many of the musicians around about her father, Rufus Thomas, and the song, Walking the Dog, <laughs> Just a Walking the Dog. That's so good. I and, had that on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you love it? And yeah. I mean, one of my favorite Otis Redding songs was Tramp, where Carla is kind of talking in a spoken word way, similar to the way she does at the beginning of Call Me a Fool. And then Otis Redding responds to her, and then they sing the song. And it's so rich and it's so good, and her memories are just as sharp as they were the day they recorded it. She's going to be 80 this month. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Wow. One, uh, one of your fans, Judd, writes in to say, in a movie with West Studio Love Song, I heard a song of longing on the soundtrack. It was by Valerie June. Then I tracked down the moon and stars. I saw June had Carla Thomas on two tracks, impressed again. I bought a CD full of beautiful music. Carla Thomas is the daughter of Rufus Do the Dog Thomas, as you as you noted. Um, Reed also writes in to say, I was an early adopter of Valerie's music and shared her earthy yet cosmic tuneful vibrations with many people who are also now fans. Her voice is unique and instantly recognizable. So pleased you're having her on the show. Um, I do want to ask you a little bit about you know living in New York now. Right. Given that you have all of these roots in, in Tennessee and just talking to you with your your voice and your presence, do you have like a rough and tumble side that New York brings out or do you just like kind of go through the streets like melting everybody with like Southern niceness? <laughs> well, you know, it's a funny thing when I'm in New York, because I still go back and forth between here and Tennessee, and I've had a place here for about, I guess, maybe 10 years. And when I'm in New York, it's my place of solitude in a lot of ways where I go out alone and I just soak up what what are people wearing? What are musicians playing in the subway? Go to an art um, museum and see something. But I really like just being in the city by myself to be in Inspired. I love all the languages. I love the culture. And there aren't that many cities in our country that are like New York. I can't say really that there are any cities like New York. It's very much like a European city in so many ways. Um, and the way that you walk everywhere and things like that, one of the major European cities is similar to that style. And so there are things I like about it, but the real reason why I spend so much time here is because I have a love here and love moved me here originally. And then that love affair broke apart, and I fell in love again with a born and raised <laughs> New Yorker. So I go back and forth between here and Tennessee, but he will never leave New York. I don't know if you ever met a born and raised New Yorker, but yeah. it's hard to get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking with musician, songwriter, author, and reluctant New York living person, Valerie June. She's got a new children's book, Somebody to Love. Her most recent album is Moon and the Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers. And we're going to talk about some of her poetry she's got 
got a book that uh, came out last year called Maps for the Modern World. Into this break, we're going to be hearing one of my favorite songs. This is from your 2013 album, Wanna Be On Your Mind. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're joined this morning by musician, songwriter, and author Valerie June, talking about her children's book, Somebody to Love, talking about her albums like uh, The Moon and the Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers, and her book of poetry, Maps for the Modern World. If you're brave enough to call in and talk to Valerie June, you can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. You can tell us your favorite song of hers, 866-733-6786. Or, of course, you can get in touch the way other people have been. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, KQED Forum, or the email is forum at kqed.org. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, poetry book. It kind of feels like you wanted to just kind of state your worldview. Like, this is kind of how I, where I'm coming from. Well, yeah, in so many ways it is. It's just um, like Moon and Stars Prescriptions for Dreamers. It's a book that I thought would share seeds of light and share little seeds of positivity in times where we face a lot of darkness. And so what can I do to share as much of myself with my fans as I feel like sharing? Because I share a lot, you know, from art to music to the stories and the poems. And there's a whole other side to me that nobody gets to see, but <laughs> but that's okay. You got to keep some for your <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you split up the book, you know, there's a whole uh, section of the book that's just kind of like about consciousness, you know, uh, and you say just as a device like our phone or computer allows us to access the Internet, our bodies enable us to access universal consciousness. Is this something that you kind of developed like a practice of learning about this stuff or were you like a little kid sitting in the church pew just like kind of beginning to radiate these thoughts? 
Definitely felt like this has always been with me and being able to articulate it to others is the hardest part because even when we began to talk about consciousness or mindfulness or awareness or being in the present moment, words just don't really do its justice. It's very hard. You just got to be in it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but it's very difficult to explain to other people. So I think poetry or art or music, when you make people feel something, then they naturally go to that space where they are just in a state of awareness and consciousness. And it just like connects people with soul, with heart, with sweetness, with what could be, you know, how do I process this sadness or this anger and transform that alchemically into something that could be healthy for me. And all of these things, you know, with words, I did the best I could with words in the book. But even when I look back, I'm like, wow, it's so hard to put into words the mm. ethereal side of consciousness. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like that's why at your core you've kind of gravitated towards music? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier when you just play music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one time I also heard you say in an interview that one of the best things about music was that it's a bunch of people working together to bring something that's invisible and doesn't exist into being something tangible that is real for people. It's true. Um, that's many times I was speaking about when I co-write with another artist or I'm in the studio working with other musicians. We Once we get into a zone, it's like we go to this certain place all together and we could the city could be zooming by outside or it could be countryside or wherever, but we are in the song. And the song is in a place that no one can really put their finger on, but we're there and we capture it on record and we share it <laughs> with everyone so that they can go there too. It's kind of like going into an art installation and being surrounded by the art and looking around like, whoa, that's neat. I wonder what the artist was thinking when they did that part. <laughs> you know, one of the things is um, your, your way is so easy that I really appreciate it in Maps for the Modern World, that in your foreword, I mean, this is how the foreword begins. People have been listening to this interview. They can tell, you know, how, how you are in the world. Your foreword begins, when we reflect on the visible world, the reality of suffering surrounds us every day. Whether our personal suffering or the suffering of others, somewhere at every moment, there lives a tragedy. There lives poverty, sickness, heartbreak, racism, hatred, injustice, and loss. Maybe it's hope that keeps us carrying on, but where do we find ourselves if we sit with the suffering? I, like, to me, it was surprising to find this here. Is music how you sit with the suffering? There are many ways I sit with it. Music is one of the ways, um, and... The breath is really the number one way that I can find a, to balance it because there are two worlds. There's the outside world that I'm describing there, and then there's that inner world where you have a peace and a transcendent kind of joy that no matter what happens on the outside, if you don't allow all of that to penetrate the, the inner world, then you're always going to be able to tap into what I call a superpower. Mm. <laughs> and that superpower can, it can influence what's happening on the outside and more happens inside than outside. We just don't consciously tap into that side and say, no, this is more important than that. 
<laughs> well, I shouldn't even use words like more important because they're both important. We need all. But, um, you know, it's just that inner world and like gathering our magic and our fairy dust from that inner world is really, really important when we live in times that are so challenging for many of us, you know. We're going to play uh, another one of your tracks, Home Inside, uh, which feels like it's very related to this idea. I know there is a place for me. Help me to grow that I may live in sea. A stream that flows a well knowing to find that holds the key and steals my trailing mind. I know. That is a beautiful snippet of Valerie June's song, Home Inside, from her album, The Moon and Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers. Just talk to us a little bit about that song. I mean, that the soaring voice and the kind of rolling drums. This was originally going to be the closing track of the album, right? It was. Um, the closing track is actually silence and nature. Mm-hmm. And so that accidentally happened in spending time in Tennessee and recording all the beautiful bird song that's around. Mm-hmm. But this song, I need to hear this song in my life every once in a while. I need to know and realize and remember that everything we experience in this life is kind of like we're at school. And Earth is a school. And the goal is how can I be as kind or as positive or sweet or feel something in this moment that is going to uplift someone, even myself, even though I don't feel like it because I might be in a real dark place. I mean, dark. I usually use cuss words when I talk about that. (laughs) And PR um, thanks you for not using them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And on the floor, you know, on the floor, just down. And just how do you get out of that blues? There must be a home inside. You must trust that there is. And that's the key to getting off the floor and out of that dark space. And I started to see that key in every dark corner of my life. I started to see it. I, it would be so pitch black dark and I'd feel around and I'd find the key. And then I would go into this inner realm where it was like, yeah, okay, there are a lot of things going on that I have no control over or that I wish were different, <laughs> but but this side, home inside is my safe space, and 
I can return here anytime I want, and it is with me always. And every experience I experience on the earth is enriching that, no matter whether it's negative or positive, living in the middle, trying to be centered in all of it, and let it just kind of swirl around you like those high voices. The ah! All of those voices are like those... Um, kind of like a taking you to a higher space, you know? Yeah. You know, Marilee writes in to say, thank you so much for this program. The joy and Valerie's and your voices and everything you and she are saying is touching my heart deep down. I'm ordering her book and hoping to find her albums too. Thank you. So at least, at least today, helping someone find the home inside there. I wanted to ask you one more music question, like around the layering of the voices that we hear in in kind of all these songs we hear it we heard it at the call me a fool we heard it in want to be on your mind we heard about it here so many of your songs there's just multiple layers of voices kind of all all interacting is that just what you hear when you first hear the song you hear all those voices at once or do you layer them in as you're going through the production well usually when i when i receive the song it'll be one little voice shyly singing to me like if you turn on the radio and you just heard like the beginning of a song where it's nice and soft and gentle and toward the end of the song it really ramps up and it gets intense and all the band kick in well the first voice i hear when i'm writing a song is like that soft voice and it's like mm. is it okay for me to come are you ready to write me <laughs> And then I say, whoa, okay, I'm getting the song. And as soon as I start to let that just come into my mind and go on repeat and just be in my body and start humming it to myself and singing it in the room, then all these other voices start to come in. It's like the song gets this sense of confidence. And it just like, you know, one voice would be going low, another one a high. And, and like, I have to tell them the voices to stop. And when I'm in a <laughs> studio, I need a producer to tell them tell me to tell them to stop because I want to go 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 and give y'all all of them but not all of them are necessary to get the point of the song oh, <laughs> I love it I love it we have uh, a fan of yours Claire from Atascadero who would love to talk to you welcome Claire hi there how's it going good good go ahead I just wanted to say thank you so much to Valerie for her music, and I've been listening since her very, very first album first came out, and every time a new one comes out, I'm just thrilled. My favorite song is Long Lonely Road, and I have listened to it driving all over this state, and it always feels like going home. So thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. <laughs> do you have? Can you play a lick of that just so people can hear Long and Lonely Road, or do you have that to, to hand? I didn't bring the instrument, but I can sing it. Oh, <laughs> yes, go ahead, please. <laughs> Pile in the church pew rows. Grand made the best cheese rolls. Gospel, the stories told about the one way to save your soul. Gas up the old Ford car. I messed up my, 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 it's been a long, been a long, long, been a long, 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 lonely road. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, I liked it better with the mess up, honestly. Let's just, <laughs> just record that and play it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, uh, I wanted to ask you one sort of last thing before we, we go out on, a, on another song, which is just about, you know, I've heard you talk about 
being diagnosed with, with diabetes and sort of how you found that out. And one of the things I found really beautiful about it was you described kind of the out-of-body experience you were having before you got this diagnosis. And you didn't, like, try and pathologize it. It was kind of, it was almost part of the way you talk about the astral plane. Yeah, I guess that's because, to me, the astral plane is present, is here. Like, if you look around the world, you can be in the astral plane while in the physical plane. Um, it's not something that I think you have to just wait to death to be surrounded by or be near. You know, it is like a very, it's not in the body, but it's it's like one of these, uh, you know, when you close your eyes and you're just seeing like these little colors. <laughs> <laughs> They're like yeah, blinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the astral plane is like that to me. And I see it around trees, flowers, people. It's almost like an aura. It's like the next level of a of a being, a living being, any living being, anything. And it's around everything. And so when you see in the astral way, you can live in the physical body, but be in another level too, you know, or you can be in transition between life and death and you're very much there then because you're making <laughs> that, that change in that transition. So I don't know if that makes sense to anybody out there, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I see the astral plane. <laughs> I mean, do you think your music comes from the astral plane or this, you know, mortal one? Mm, I kind of feel like all music comes from a very ethereal astral space. And so... I don't know. I don't really feel like music is of necessarily any earth or place. It's just out there, floating around, waiting on musicians to capture it. And a lot of times when I think about that, I think about artists like um, Sun Ra, who mm -hmm. was very much vocal about other spaces of existence. And and um, his music reflects that. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yes. yes, it does. And and the film that he made here uh, in the East Bay, which is also incredible. Um, we're going to go out um, with a big song. But first, I want to thank you for joining us. Valerie June, this has been just one of the most fun mornings of this whole job. Valerie June is a musician, songwriter, author. She's got a new children's book out, uh, Somebody to Love. Her most recent album is The Moon and Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers, and her book of poetry was published last year. It's Maps for the Modern World. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you, Alexis. Um, this was an amazing interview for me, so thank you so much. <laughs> I so appreciate that. All right, we're going to go out to you and I. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned after this for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim. Oh, 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 oh. 
funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.